Hi, I'm Francis Hellier, and welcome to my brand new podcast, Metaverse. This is a podcast for the future-minded, a series for anyone on the hunt for the next big thing and all its possibilities and implications. This is Tomorrow's World Today. With each episode, I will chat to those at the top of their fields, from futurists in crypto and space travel to forecasters in business and tech. Together, we will ask the question, what's next? Today, I'm joined by Adipat Verdi, immersive storyteller and former global creative product lead at Facebook. Over the last two decades, Adipat has combined his career as an architect with his love of writing and production to apply the strategic power of narrative to immersive production. Whilst at Facebook, Adipat led the Emerging Platforms team, explorations of XR and immersive experiences, and he's also worked for brands such as Charlotte Tilbury and the BBC. With a keen interest in using stories for social justice, he is a leading thinker in delivering narratives that provide a framework for real-world social change. Adipat, it's amazing to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, really nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So let's start with uh, your background. You've worked on some incredible projects throughout your career. Can you give us a brief introduction and then tell us what you're working on at the moment? My career kind of started uh, with my parents saying, architecture, medicine or law, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> so kind of, uh, you know, architecture was the most creative. So I was like, right, I'll do that. But I've always wanted to write and make films. So, you know, through doing various things, I've it kind of dovetailed to a point where my career has kind of done the whole transmedia interactive and then emerged into immersive so th there's two facets to this there's on the one side there's a sort of strategic side of what i do and that is working with companies like you know the bbc and facebook and it's very much you know about you know the creative potential of immersive and what the commercial impact of that is so working in that space and i'm currently uh, doing some consultancy work with charlotte uh, tilbury and uh, a spanish uh, management consultancy but the other side I'm very interested in immersive storytelling and how we can create real world social change. So how can I tell powerful stories and make a difference in the world? So uh, the project I'm currently working on is around how I could eradicate forced marriages and honor crimes uh, using a multi-platform immersive strategy. So that gives you a bit of a flavor of kind of where my head's at. Wow. So let's talk about Facebook and your time there. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, it was a massive, massive organization still is. And it's, you know, the, the experience there was great because a, a lot of what uh, Facebook is doing on the Oculus side, you know, on the hardware and the sort of platform and so forth is it, it, they're doing that around socialization, entertainment and so forth. So my role was specifically on what is the commercial impact of VR? Um, you know, how, how can we use, how can we understand the power of virtual reality specifically and really apply that to, you know, businesses? So I was lucky enough to talk to some, you know, amazing global brands and really start to see this idea of, you know, what can we do with VR? Now, Mark Zuckerberg, for, you know, for all, for all Facebook's sins, if, I, if, I, if I'm frank, um, Mark Zuckerberg has recognized the metaverse. He's, you know, he's, he's obviously rebranded the business. How do you see the metaverse? We're talking about AR and your, your work on the, on the immersive front. How do you see the metaverse going forward? Well, it was more specifically uh, VR, so virtual reality. So yes, we crossed over on AR and stuff, but it's very much on, uh, you know, uh, let me put it this way to answer your question, is the metaverse on a very simple, you know, level is, you know, the merging of the physical and the digital. Uh, and we're creating essentially on a very base level, 
it's like it's like having a 3D website, right? So you sort of kind of are able to see, you know, the, the spatial configuration, let's say, of this sort of digital environment. And there's two things here. There's how you can engage with that metaverse um, through a screen. Or if you were to put a VR headset on, how can we virtually engage with it? The power of the metaverse, in, in my opinion, is threefold. The first is that we're moving from third person passive engagement, where it's anything that has the arbiter of a screen to first person participatory engagement. And that has huge implications for the way in which we can relate or the relationship between brand content and consumer work. So that's number one. Second is this notion of virtual real estate. So I think that's going to be really powerful in the way that we go forward is that, you know, at the moment, if we're being really frank, it's a bit of an oligopoly, right? So it's not exactly open source. It's not a truly a metaverse. So I think a more apt term in terms of what people are doing is they're creating metascapes. They're siloed environments around either a brand or, or experiences and so forth. And when we think about this in terms of virtual real estate, there's going to be this question of ownership, like how do we build in, in the metaverse? And that's where NFTs, in my opinion, will come in, you know, as the sort of building blocks of how we create this real estate. Then on the basis of that, we're going to get the cryptocurrencies that are going to evolve to actually sort of monetize exactly what it is, that, how we're able to negotiate, transact, blah, blah, blah. Third and most effective thing that I think is going to happen with the metaverse is giving us not just a physical you know, solution and then an e-com solution. We're going to move towards a v-com solution in the way in which we create that relationship between brand content and consumer. So those are the three important things around the metaverse for me. It's great to hear your uh, your opinions on this. And I think that it's such an exciting time, isn't it, we're living in at the moment. I mean, uh, and, and I think it probably our communal experience through dealing with COVID has only exasperated this kind of opportunity in some ways so it's, it's 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 a fascinating world that we're about to hit and we are still already living in so let's go back to facebook if you don't mind what's your personal opinion on the changes that have taken place there in in recent years where is facebook going to go you know there's been there's been numerous controversies around fake news and data and privacy and everything else um and again i've mentioned i mentioned mark zuckerberg's understanding that the metaverse is is where we're all headed so what are your sort of takes on that there's not really much to say in terms of the sort of, you know, the fake news stuff. I mean, it's the only one thing I will say is it's a very different experience working for the organization as it is from the outside looking in. And I think they're too, you know, unless you've worked there, I don't think you get a true picture of, you know, exactly what it's like. So from a business and commercial standpoint, I think this evolution towards a metaverse company is a good one uh, because it allows us to really look at how, you know, essentially the, the, the MO there is to connect people, right? And I think this is a great way of creating that sandbox within which we can make those connections even more effective. So I, th I think that's, that, that would be my opinion. And do you think Facebook, the challenge, I guess, is about the sort of centralization versus the decentralization of, of this space, the metaverse, crypto and everything else that we're all so excited about at the moment. Do you see there being a significant pushback against what Facebook's trying to achieve with Meta? 
because as I said, it's it's a bit of an oligopoly at the moment in terms of, you know, there's a few companies who are leading the way. We need, we're not ubiquitous with this yet. So when we get to that point of ubiquity and people start hacking the system, that's when I think it's going to become a lot more decentralized. But I, uh, there's no other way of doing it. You need a few companies to take the lead and get us to a space where we need to figure out whether this is a good thing. Is it the right thing? Does it work? Is it an evolution from where we're going? We don't understand what the implications are because we're right at the beginning of that journey. So, you know, we'll see. How, how exciting is that? Right? Very exciting. <laughs> um, so can you talk us through a little bit about the sort of techniques in immersive tech and XR and where they're going and how do you think they're being applied? What does this look like going forward? So uh, just to repeat on uh, a couple of points that I made earlier, I think what, what we have, what's happening at the moment is we are still, from a tech point of view, getting to a place of pervasiveness. You know, we're still wearing bricks on our face, right, with the VR headset. So scalability is the key issue. So once we get to a point of scalability, I think it's going to get a lot more interesting. But what I'm really excited about at the moment is the way in which the technology is being used to really enhance our experiences and give us that relationship with, with brands, for instance. So, you know, there's a particular brand where we volumetrically recreated the store, um, you know, and there are, you know, we're working with this technology that I, I worked um, on when I was at Facebook around how you feel objects in VR. So could I pick up, say, a bike made out of aluminium and a bike made out of graphite and feel them in my hand and say, oh yeah, I can feel that this is different from that. And actually get that kind of granular indication of what it is that I'll be getting. And the second thing that's exciting is, is there a way I could put a headset on and go all through the marketing funnel and come out the other end and buy something as like a car? Is that a, a possibility? And I, I really feel that it could be if we start to, understand a couple of things around one sensorial marketing you know is there a way we can map touch taste and smell for instance to the controllers is is there a way we can evoke that sensibility to give us a visceral sense of you know how we engage and second how do we really match that or marry that to the notion of you know feeling objects in vr so once we've got that sorted that's going to be amazing. I think that's that's where the tech is moving, um, and I'm yeah, I'm just loving I'm loving this notion that people are talking about an immersive layer on top of the physical layer, and that's going to have huge implications for the way in which we gamify essentially the way in which we experience different different kind of uh, you know things. I think you're right. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm sure. Uh, you'll know I'm a geek already, and I'm sure you're, you, you describe yourself as a, as a geek. But I think what's, what's particularly exciting about all the conversations I'm having around metaverse and about where we're going, they are creative conversations. You know, it, it's about creativity. It's not just about giving sort of power back to the people almost, but it's also about that creative angle. And why is there a need for us to have this conversation also about how we tell stories and how stories are driven and, and, and the importance of this? Everything. So when we talk about first person participatory engagement, right, so we're talking about actually, you know, not just buying a product or, you know, having a service or it, it is about the experience economy. It really is about narrative forming the basis of the way we create engagement. So here's an example, right, with a couple of sports brands, rather than buying a product, 
It's about how do I tell the story that says their brand values match my values and goals? And how can I relate to that ecosystem that that brand exists in? Is there a way that I can personalize the experience that I have? Could I help create my own bespoke version of a trainer? Could I actually walk in the same shoes as an influencer who I really admire to really understand what I can get? And you see money then becomes a byproduct of value. And then you, become, then you get in a space where you're creating advocates rather than consumers. And I think that's where the power of stories, you're gonna to need to understand storytelling in a very much more powerful way in order to sustain a longer term relationship with your consumers. Now, with the metaverse, how does it impact our ability to tell these stories? What, what are the tools that we have at our disposal? How do you see this going forward? That's, a, that's an interesting question, right? So what this is not about is creating, you know, instantaneous gratification. It's about giving us choice. I would hate to think that we ever get away from a physical, in real life engagement and experience. This is all about enhancing and augmenting that. So the way these tools help us tell those stories is to give us more insight, more information, more sensory sort of, you know, engagement where we can say oh you know rather than uh, something being at a distance we really break the barriers between content and consumers or content and you know people who are experiencing that content so we we get to understand it not just for what it is but for what we want out of it i think that's where the that's how it will help us tell better stories now you've you've touched on some of these points already but in terms of the metaverse what are the commercial advantages? What does a brand do to harness this? If, if, you're a, if you're a startup now, or if you're an existing big player in the industry, in any, any industry, what do you use to, to capitalize on this opportunity? It's about moving towards that v-commerce mindset. You know, it's like, how, how is it that we can, uh, if we take this equation, you know, this notion of uh, dealing in the virt- in a virtual environment. So a metaverse being something that we can really engage with, have our own place in, have our own digital self embedded in. I think there is a real commercial opportunity around that notion of virtual real estate, you know, how we can start to own parts of uh, this, you know, the, the virtual world, how we can start to monetize that, how we can start to make it our own. So, for instance, there's a couple of music brands who have created their own sort of neighborhoods in their own you know, little meta metascapes, as I call them, and that they've started to really engage with who we are as people. This is the music we've played. This is our back catalog. This is what we're working on now. Come and join us. And I think that's really important, you know, to say, how can we sort of open this up and create an ecology rather than just like a linear sort of dialogue and the whole cryptocurrency stuff is fine and the nft stuff is fine everyone talks about this but i think it's about context right nfts are evolving in terms of what they originally were into what they are being sort of used for now and we're still in that infancy when we sort of kind of find our feet with that i think we're going to get to a place where nfts become not only the building blocks of the real estate as i say but also the basis of micro currencies cryptocurrencies which allow us to find new forms of transaction and engagement i think you're absolutely right i think there's there's stuff that goes on the front page of the newspapers that just sort of get whipped up and and we talk about 
NFTs being sold for half a half a half a million dollars or whatever else. But actually, the fundamentals are these are the tools that will shape our future, including crypto and including the blockchain itself. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. And and again, going back to the earlier point about creativity, um, I think that we have incredible tools at our disposal now that that we've never really had before. So it's it's very exciting. Um, Let's go back to sort of storytelling. Who would you say is at the cutting edge of this space at the moment in terms of using these new technologies and creating something different? So there's there's a they're indies, right? So there's, I mean, I don't think any of the big brands yet, because you know, they are juggernauts and it requires a lot to change. I'm trying my best to sort of make that happen, <laughs> right? There's um a lot of indies that are doing a lot of great work. So Lance Weiler at the uh, Digital Storytelling Lab. Uh, in the US is, I think, a great pioneer and proponent of how we can meet at that nexus of storytelling and technology. Um, And in the UK, there's a company called Bright Black who do a lot of great work around, you know, hacking what the possibilities are. So those two come to mind. But I think the reason I don't have great examples of like very pervasive companies right now is twofold because it's hard to monetize this because it's at the cutting edge and pioneering end of what we're doing. And it needs somebody to take that sort of R&D innovation risk to say, hey, this is what we can do. And then it will all just explode. So we're just about to be at that tipping point. And second, people need to take the risk and think wider. So that's that's what I would say. I, mean, I guess I think you're right. I think that there are there are almost no limits now to our imagination and our ability to to create uh, which is which is which is such a, a, a exciting prospect, isn't it? I mean, all the restrictions we've had in the past in terms of technology have been blown out of the water by some of the things that some of the technologies we're looking at today, uh, and and the innovations and the businesses and even the even the the genres almost that will be created. Uh, you know, you talk about cinema and theatre. There will be other things alongside those uh, that people will spend their their time on, which is which is tremendously exciting. Um, let's go back to what you said at the outset. Uh, you're passionate about uh, using stories for social justice, uh, particularly using the narrative, as you mentioned, for eradicating forced marriages and honor crimes. Um, it's, it's a fascinating uh, and, and very worthy, and, and you know, my hat's off to you. Congratulations on, on, on the work you do on that front. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? It's uh, so in the words of Chris Milk, you know, essentially I've, I've sort of tagged on to this notion of an empathy engine, because at the end of the day, you know, what first person participatory engagement gives us is a way of enhancing empathy. Right. So that's what I want to build. And, you know, I, I go back to this example, you know, the, the film 12 Years a Slave, you know, when that came out um, and, you know, everyone, Steve McQueen, and, you know, he was talking about, look, we're going to talk about the conversation around American slavery. We're going to, you know, change the world. We're going to, you know, change perspective and so forth. But if you sort of map all of the sort of social media interest, it sort of peaked for about two or three weeks after the film came out and peaked again when the Oscars, you know, came about. But here's the question. Did it change the narrative? Did it create any kind of you know, momentum within the sort of, you know, social psyche around American slavery. What exactly did that film do to further the conversation? And that's that for me is the key. So what I want to do is to create that ongoing engagement. I, I essentially I want to gamify advocacy. 
That's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to say, well, you know, honor crimes and forced marriages exist. So in the project that I, I have, I've written a feature film, which is fine, it's standard, but that feature film has been informed by a lot of research, a lot of focus groups, whereby I have created, you know, an immersive theater piece. There's a VR film about to come out. There's a documentary. And all of them have this core question around choice. So that key question allows us to say, here are different vantage points into the story world, and we can really become advocates and ultimately working with three charities as I am in honor based violence, eradicate that in the real world forever. And I think that's such a powerful thing that we can do with the tech that we've got and the storytelling capabilities. And I want to keep doing that. Incredible stuff. And, uh, you know, congratulations for doing it. I wish you all the best on that front, certainly. What does the future hold for you, Adipat? <laughs> Good question. It's my career seems to be twofold. Uh, there's like a lot of this amazing work where I seem to have found a niche and positioned myself uh, at the sort of pioneering end of how do we use immersive for commercial impact? And a lot of the very amazing work that I'm doing strategically is to help you know, big brands and businesses answer that question and show them where immersive might add value. But in my heart as well, this notion of, you know, I would love, uh, and I am in the process of, you know, wanting to set up a production company, which is around these kind of stories, building immersive stories and building immersive story worlds to create social impact. So that's the two parts of my career. And also to be a dad and look after my family and be a good <laughs> husband and all those things, you know? So they, I'm going uh, <laughs> to ask you one last question. Let's look forward 10 years' time. What does entertainment, what does the metaverse look like? And, you know, where, where are we going to be in 10 years? Are we, is it going to be a significant change, which I believe, personally? In your view, what does, it look, what does the future look like? The rate-limiting step over the next 10 years is where technology is going to get to and whether we are going to have ubiquity with the tools that allow us to access the possibilities within currently what we're calling the metaverse. So if we take entertainment as an example, you know, the 360 films, you know, are going to be pervasive, I think. I think this notion of us being a character within an IP, that's going to become very, very much at the fore. And in terms of industry, I think, I alluded to this earlier, we are going to be at a place where VCOM is an option alongside e-com and, you know, real world you know, solutions. So that that's where I think it's going to go in 10 years time. Uh, but it also needs the metaverse to be a lot more open source, which I believe in 10 years, we will get to. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I think that the, your ideas and your vision is, is incredible. And I'm so grateful to have you, having had you on the podcast, uh, Metaverse. Adipat, thank you so much. Great. It was a real, real pleasure. So thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to Metaverse with me, Francis Hellier. Thank you to my guest, Adipad Verdi, for a great conversation. Tweet us at MetaversePod for any suggestions or feedback. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please do share a link on social media. You can sign up to receive an email when a new episode drops at metaverse.fm. Metaverse.